0: Amen. Psalms 119. I have a Bible from school. I, I had a, had the privilege, starting my fourth grade year, to attend a Christian school. And uh, attended and, uh, all the way through my graduation. And uh, my Bible that I kept at school, we had our academics, but also uh, we had monthly uh, scriptures that we memorized as well. And I still remember uh, my first year in that school at Hope Christian Academy that we started with Psalms 119. And I remember opening that up, Brother Marvin, and as a nine-year-old kid looking at Psalms 119 and flipping through and seeing all of those verses. I said, Lord Jesus, how are we going to do this? How am I going to memorize this? But we spent several weeks memorizing sections of it. And uh, still to this day, I have that Bible in my office. And it's wore out. The cover is falling apart. And... uh, Because, you know, you figure I'm 41 now and I had that at 9. So just a handful of years, but Chad, just a little bit of time has passed. But still, Sister Shannon, if you look at that Bible, if you just look at the pages, there is a wore-out spot in the middle of that Bible. You know what that's from? Psalms 119. We turn there so much, we literally wore out that section of the Bible. And those pages are all kind of bent and everything else else and, and uh, so every time that I preach out of Psalms 119, or if I'm reading that, I have very fond memories. and there's much surprisingly that as I begin to read it, it's amazing what begins to come back in portions of that. David said, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee." Amen. And I tell you, if you want to live in victory over sin and uh, keep the victory in general, uh, keep the Word of God in your heart. Amen. Well, that part of the sermon didn't cost you anything. Uh, That was for free. Let's stand together. Psalms 119, starting at verse number 126. And we're just going to read this one verse. And I want to focus in on the first part of this scripture. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? amen? This is just a short verse. Let's read it together. Can we do that? Let's read it together. The Bible says, It is time for thee, Lord to work, for they have made void thy law. Let's read this again. It is time for the Lord to work for they have made void thy law if i can for just a few moments tonight excuse me i want to preach on the thought it's time for god to work. Amen. It is time for God to work. How many of you just believe you say there's some things I want to see God do some work in. Amen. There's some situations I want to see God do some work in. Pastor, we're praying. We're fasting. We're going to be fasting and praying. And Brother Chad, can I say with confidence as we give these things to Him, we can declare and say, Lord, it is time for You to to work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we pray one more time? Father, we thank you for your word. Anoint, I pray, every heart and ear to receive, to hear. Lord, I pray, let us supply your word and let it be planted in the fertile ground of our hearts, our souls. Lord, I pray, anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory and honor. We don't want to hear Jacob. We want to hear you. And Lord, I pray Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Keep me tonight in my thoughts and my words. And Lord, I pray that you are glorified and honored in all that is said and done. Meet us, I pray, in these altars tonight. And we thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. It is time for God to work. Amen. We find here as as the psalmist makes the declaration, amen, as if you will, there is that sense of anticipation or the sense to say, Lord, we are ready for you to do what it is that you want to to do how you want to work what you want to accomplish what you purposes you want to see fulfilled what will it is that you want to, uh, 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 in our lives and the and the plans that you have for your people lord we want you amen to be at work uh, if you will it seems uh, and with this statement uh, it is uh, it is uh, a, a cry uh, as uh, as maybe in the sense of we've done what we can do and Lord now we here we are it's time for thee oh Lord it is time for you amen to work we have tried our best to accomplish we have done all that we can do and all of these things but Lord it is time we recognize that if anything is going to be done it is going to be done by by the hand of God. Amen. It is going to be done by your purposes and your plans. Let me say here tonight there are a few things that we come to find and, and let, me, let me just make something very clear. That God by no means God by no means is waiting on our permission. Let me first make that clear. God is not waiting on our permission. And what I mean by that is God is able to do whatever He wants to do. And let me say it like this, whenever He wants to do it. Amen. Did you ever, did you grow up in a household with some parents or grandparents or some of you that are sitting here tonight? And, and uh, maybe there's been times that maybe the kids in the house tried to rush you around. Amen. There's times that Ashlyn, it's funny because there are some times that if it's something she's not really wanting to do, there's the prodding and the saying, Come on now, got to get ready. Let's get this done, right? But then there are times, Sister Sylvia, when Ashlyn is r- raring to go and she's ready. There might be times she looked at me and say, Dad, come on. Dad, come on. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Are you ready? It's time to go. Amen. And there's sometimes, that I'm still getting something together and I'll say and, and she might have said it for the 50th time and I'll have to tell her I'll say sis we will go when I'm good and ready. Anybody here ever heard that? All right, I'm just making sure. I'm making sure. See, some of you came up same family I did. Amen. Oh, there's times you can be in a big old hurry and mom would say, we will go when I'm good and ready. We'll, we'll get going. Amen. When we're ready. When we got everything together, whatever the case might be. And it's, isn't it funny how when you finally say, all right, I'm ready, then the last minute, hang on, dad, I got to go get something. Hang on, I got to go grab something. Right, poor Ashley. She's got to live through Dad telling on her sometimes here in the church.
1: Amen.
0: But anyhow, we find that we find that oftentimes we get in a place where we're hurry. We're in a hurry, and as you read this, it would almost sound as if David is is acting as uh, maybe he is giving God some kind of permission. And what I mean by this is that God will do what He wants to do when He's ready to do it. However, let me say this, is that God doesn't need our permission. However, what God will do is we will find that He will look at a life and He will look at someone who is in a place who will say, you know what? I'm going to back up off of this thing. I'm going to quit trying to do what I'm wanting to do. I'm going to quit trying to force this thing open. This door open I'm going to quit trying to make this happen in myself and so therefore brother Eli I read it as a psalmist saying Lord I've done what I can do now it is time the declaration is made Lord we want you to work Lord in our humanity in all of our efforts in all of our goodness in all of our education in all of our religion in all of our rules and all of our boxes we're trying to check it's not going to get done but if we as a church and if we as God's people as we step into the tomorrows that God has for us may our prayer be that it's not Lord may the politicians go to work cause it'll never get done may it not be Lord let the economy go to work let this go to work let that go to work everywhere you look around there are signs that says that they're hiring everywhere you look around there are signs that say please be patient because we are under. Understaffed, but can I say tonight, heaven is not on a shortage, heaven is not understaffed, and God is able. Come on, somebody, it is time, God, for you to work in our lives. When we, as God's people, come to recognize and realize, Amen, that we, in and of ourselves, we are limited. We have capacity, we only can go so far, we can only do so much. I want to remind some folks tonight of just a few things about God's work. I want you to understand that when the Lord works, He works with purpose. He works with purpose. Understand he is not showing up to do something in our life haphazardly. He is not showing up to do something in our church and just meander his way through it. Hey man, have you ever had the aggravation of working a job with somebody that they could care less to be there? Have you ever been around somebody there was no purpose, no motivation, no drive there was no desire to get to do something. They were just there hoping to do as little as possible. They were there I mean they took more breaks than they worked. Come on somebody. They were there and I mean it was just you and because of their attitude, because of their laziness you did your job and theirs as well. We've all been around some folks like that. We've all been in those places but can I say tonight it's that when you are looking at what's going on in your life when you're looking at what God is wanting to do can I say that he does not show up and say well let's just think about this let's just decide and decipher let me kind of see how I feel about it let me kind of see what I want to do let me kind of see how I want to work this out no sir no ma'am when God shows up can I tell Tell somebody tonight, he shows up with the sleeves rolled up. If I can say, he shows up. Come on here. There was one thing that I hated the most is to be as a kid, drug away from playtime, drug away, brother Andy, from the basketball court, drug away to help somebody to do something and get there, and they hadn't decided exactly what they're gonna do, and what even after aggravated me the most uh, is she got there and they didn't even have the tools to do what they needed to do. Ooh. We'd spend 30 minutes. We'd spend 30 minutes trying to find the right wrench and find the right socket and find the right this and right th- oh. yeah, I'll tell you, I'm a pretty patient fellow but that'd make my blood boil. I say, man, I could be playing ball. I could be having fun. And here I am staring at this stupid lawnmower flipped upside down. And we ain't, nobody knows what we're supposed to do with it. Come on here. Oh, but that's not how God works, brother. Oh, that's not how He works. He comes in, His sleeves are rolled up. He comes in, Brother Wesley, with purpose, with plan, with knowing what's going on. Can I just tell somebody in this house? You tonight might wonder about purpose. You tonight might wonder about meaning. You tonight might wonder about what is even the rhymes or reasons of my life. What is it that God is really trying to do? Preacher, I think there is a God out there, but is He really want to be that involved in my life? Absolutely. And can I tell you that where you are tonight, that where the very place where you are is by divine direction and divine intervention. And it's a God in heaven who shows up and looks at your life and He says, I'm ready to go to work. And not only am I ready to work, but I know the plan. And not only do I know the plan, but I've got the right tools. And I've got what I need. And I know how to work it. And I know what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Oh, get on some jobs and everybody's asking somebody, what are we doing today? I don't know. I heard we doing this and this and this, and somebody come. No, we ain't doing that. We're doing this and this and this, and nobody's got a plan. I want to tell you something. I want to remind you. One of my favorite quotes of Corrie ten Boom is this: "There is no panic in heaven. Only plans. Only plans." You might be panicked tonight. You may not know what's going on. Oh, but can I say, Brother Eddie, when we make a declaration and say, Lord, it is time for you to work. Can I say that we are taking the restraints? Can I say that God is ready? God is willing. God is wanting to. But sometimes, can I tell somebody, I don't mean to hurt your feelings tonight. I don't mean to sound like I'm jamming on your head. But can I say that sometimes, the greatest disappointment with your purpose uh, the greatest hindrance to God's will in your life uh, is not other people uh, it is not the church uh, it is not the pastor uh, it is not this or that uh, it is you and it is me standing in God's way standing in His way We are there and we're wanting our plan and our purpose and and we're wanting what we want and how we want to work it. Brother Jake, we've heard you preach like this before. We've heard these things before but hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. I want you to remember He does it all with direction and intention. He is working, listen, with His purpose in mind for you and for your family, for this church. I want you to understand that we serve a God and when we talk about his purpose is this, he don't sometimes get it right. He always gets it right. He don't sometimes hit a home run. He's got perfect average. Oh, can I say, it's time for God to work and it's time for the church to say, even when I don't understand it, even when it doesn't. Sense to me. I believe you're working all things for the good. You're working your purpose. And let me trust it. Let me trust it. Why are we so distrustful of God's purpose? I'll tell you why, because it's those places where we don't have control. Oh well, Brad Jacob, I don't have to have control. yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm smiling while I'm telling you, but you do. Your control may not be like some other people's control, but everybody loves that sense of control. To have say-so. To have our input, especially with the things pertaining to us. And so, therefore, we find that even within the church there are times as to where people who are in a place that they do not see God's purpose, they do not see His work, because they would rather argue with God over the details. They would rather argue with God over the details and stand in the way of His purpose as we try to impose our will and execute our plans. The Lord, Psalms 138 and 8, will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not, listen, the works of thine own hands. Can I tell somebody, when I was growing up in kids' church, we'd sing that little song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took Him but a week to make the moon and the stars. The sun and the earth... Jupiter and Mars. Come on here. I want to tell somebody tonight. You are frustrated and maybe think there's no purpose because you're still in the processes of it all. And let me just tell you right now. The process is not easy. And the process takes some time. But I'm going to tell you. The Bible says that Daniel had been fasting and praying for 21 days. He had let a request be made known to God. And on the 21st day, the angel of the Lord came and visited Daniel. And he said, Daniel, he said that there is... I'm just paraphrasing, that here is the answer to the prayer. He said, but there was a hindrance. He said, I was fighting, amen, with that demonic activity that was trying to hinder the answer to get to where you are. He said, but Daniel... Daniel, heaven heard you the first day I want to tell a mama in this house you're praying for your family you'd say brother Jacob it's been months it's been years it's been I want to tell you mama God heard you the first day he heard you the first time he saw the first tear. you're praying for the miracle and you're saying I don't know how long God's going to take I want to tell somebody In this house from day number one, God said, I'm working my purpose in your life. Can I just tell you the facts? He loves you too much to not do so. Can I tell somebody in here? That as much as you love your family, your children, your grandkids, and the situations that you're doing, as much as you love those people, I know it's hard to fathom, but God loves them more than you. He does. I'll never forget the day, Brother Gerard, when God spoke that to my heart about that little girl. Brand new daddy, I mean, my whole world right there in that pink blanket. And Sister Lindy, just as clear as day, I remember the Lord said, I want you to always remember, I love her more than you do. You know why he was telling me that, Brother Wesley? Because no matter what comes, no matter what's ever going to happen, I'm going to have to trust Sister Carmen that because he loves her more than even I do, that he is going to work his purpose on her behalf. Amen. The Word of God here, what I just read, He said, Don't forsake the work of of your hands. In other words, Lord, what you've started, would you finish it? Can I tell somebody in here, Quit trying to take the tools away from him. Can I tell somebody, Quit trying to yank it out of his hand. Quit trying to stop him, Because it gets uncomfortable. Quit trying to stop Him. How many things in this life would we be sick with? Possibly dead with? Or just, or, or just be crippled with if we weren't willing at the time to go through the pain of what needed to be to make us better? Come on here. Come on. I've already talked about Ashley, so I'm going to keep on for a little bit. She was riding her bicycle one day and... Flipped off that thing And the pedal Punctured the inside of her thigh And she had Of course all the blood And tears and sweat And I mean it just Is all over the place Amen And she was You know didn't want it touched Didn't want anything Filled with it She said am I going to have to get stitches I said yes you're going to have to get stitches He's in the truck, Brother Eli. I stopped at the stop sign, Sister Sylvia, and I said, now listen. I said, I'd hate to do this while your leg is gashed open. I said, but if you're going to carry on like that, you're going to get a spanking and stitches today. I said, oh, I know. I'm Big Bad Daddy, ain't I? Come on, Dad. I had to get her to calm down. And so, and when she knew that her backside and the thigh was going to be hurting, she said, I'll just let the thigh hurt. I'll... So got her calmed down. We got in there to the clinic. And the little nurse was there. And she was so good with Ashlyn. And she said, now, sissy, here's what I'm going to tell you. She said, we've got to stitch it up. She said, you see this needle? She said, I've got to put it right there inside of that wound. I'm going to deaden it. and Then I've got to clean it out. She said, then i got to sew it up. She said, but here's a deal I'm going to make with you. She said, with your right hand, you hold your daddy's hand. <clears throat> with your left hand, you'll hold my hand. And she said, and then I, me and the doctor is going to work and he's going to get this done. She said, but here's a deal. She said, holler, scream and cry all you want. But you've got to let us do it. She said, because we got to close that wound up. And I bet you that we scared away every visitor that was in that waiting room. Come on here. Because that little one, when her lungs are filled up like that, she can let her fly. And Brother Marvin, the doctor gave her permission. Come on here. And she had a death grip on my hand and she had a death grip on the nurse's hand. And I mean the tears were flowing and she was a hollering, especially they stuck that needle in that open wound like that. I, 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 I get it. That makes me cringe too. I, I had to close my eyes. Big old tough dad. I'm over there closing my eyes and just letting her hold her hand. I'm about to cry with her. Come on here. But here's what the point I'm trying to make. We have a heavenly father and he says I want you to know something. There's a purpose that I'm trying to do here I'm trying to do some work and I'm trying to do some things in your life and I can't abandon it and I won't let you go but I'll make a deal with you you just hold on to me you just hold on and trust me you just hold on and if you gotta cry Lindy then cry if you gotta holler sister Karen then holler whatever you gotta do but you'll hold on and let me work because there's a greater purpose in all of this than what the pain is right now. Come on here. I know a woman tonight because of a severe fear of dentist. And she had a simple tooth infection. But she fought and argued and would not go to that dentist. That infection went through her whole body, and today she has no arms and no legs below the knee because the infection took it out. I want to tell somebody in this house, there are some, and you would say, but preacher, the the pain and the process of the purpose, it's going to hurt I don't like some of it. I don't understand some of it. But if you keep resisting, let me tell you, it will produce death in your life. Sister Shannon, she didn't have to suffer that if she just would have been helped. Brought it on because she wanted to fight the work that was needed. Let me say this. Not only his purpose. But God, when He comes to work, He does so with His promise. He has a promise that He would never leave us nor forsake us. As God works His promise, I want you, or His purpose, excuse me, I want you to know it is to fulfill His promise in your life. There are some of us that are in here and you can stand and say with confidence, God promised some things to me promised my family, promised my marriage, promised my... And you can go down the list. And I'm glad that you have a promise and a word from God that you can hold on to. And here's what you have to remember. When God is working and we get out of the way and let Him work, His purpose that He is doing is to fulfill the promise that He has made to you. You see, here's something that you have to understand is that God is not a liar and God is not a failure. God's not a man that He would lie. He's not going to fail you. I want to remind you tonight, 1 Corinthians 1 and 20 reminds us, All the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him amen unto the glory of God by us. We find in the Word of God, as Psalms 105, when we talk about the promises of God, it says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. He's talking about Israel coming out of Egypt. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light in the night. The People asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. Can I tell you those children of Israel there were many times in the wilderness we read about it where they were complaining and crying you brought us out here to die. We at least had better graves in Egypt. Oh I mean we're going to starve to death. We're going to die of thirst. Oh I mean they were complaining about everything and every time Brother Gary God faithfully no no matter how much they complained every morning they had open the flaps there of the tent and they would look out and there was quail on the ground there was a manna for them to eat when they was thirsty water gushed out of the rock did they always deserve it absolutely not but there was a God who said I will remember my promise and I'm going to do my work and you may not understand it but I'm taking you to a promised land a land flowing with milk and honey but you're going to have to go through some things and experience some things to see my promise fulfilled the thing that's beautiful about God's promise was even on the Israel's worst days sister Sylvia he still showed up and he was still God can I tell somebody in this house on my worst days and thankfully on your worst days that he still shows up and he is God and he fulfills his promise? And he fulfills his promise because he's working the, the purpose, his purpose for your life. The promises of God, we can hold on to them, we can trust them. He doesn't falter and he doesn't fail. Oh, if God has given you a word, if He has spoken something into your life, if He said it, we used to sing that old song, God said it. I believe it, amen and that's enough for me hallelujah, oh and can I say tonight, we need to recapture that, oh listen we need to recapture that we find that Moses or I'm sorry Abraham, it was said of him that he did not stagger at the promises of God no matter, he couldn't understand how he would have inhabitants in the earth that would be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky, but he held to the promise when he was nearly a hundred years old and couldn't produce life in his body God made a way in Abraham and Sarah's bodies and produced life and said I will give you the promise that I've spoken unto you oh I'm telling you tonight his promises are yea and amen sister Carolyn if you'd come last but not least not only is it time for God to work in His purpose and for God to work in His promise, but I want to remind you tonight let Him work in His power. Amen. I want to remind the church that God will do things like no other. The Word of God says this He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or even think. You know what the real problem is oftentimes? Is that in our asking our asking is small? You hear me? That in our asking, our asking is small. Because what we do sometimes is we get to the point in the place to where we would say, you know, I've gotta I've gotta keep it small because I want to be sure it's something God can handle. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want people to know about all the the things I'm praying for. I don't want to be embarrassed. You know, I don't want to be called a weirdo or a liar or whatever the case. So i got to keep some things small. i got to be sure it stays in the wheelhouse, that sweet spot where God... I know He can do that. But I would challenge you. We already quoted the scripture tonight. He said, you don't have because you don't ask. Could it be in 2022 that the things that you're pursuing God for and the things that you are after is that it has been limited or stunted because you're simply not asking. And when you are asking, you're asking within the parameters that if it doesn't come through the way God would do it, at least you can handle it. Well, if Out like this, at least I can do this, and it you know, it still kind of comes together. But hang on, that's not what you ask God for. You see, the thing is, is in today's church we've become so educated and sophisticated that that we have plan B and C and D and EFG, the old timers. They didn't have the uh, advantage, come on here, of going down in the bank just loaning them the money and cutting them the check. Or going to the doctor and just getting another prescription. Or just going here and there and, and think, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, thank God for some of the, the, the modern conveniences that we have. But we, Brother Marvin, need to tap back in. There was a generation that said, God, I've only got one option. I've only got one option and the option is as God you're either going to work or you're not you're either going to do it or you're not can I say we need some radical mamas and daddies we need some radical preachers again we need some radical people one more time that say well what's our safety net what are we going to do we got to have a cushion we got to have a plan we got to have a backup we got to do this let me just say sometimes in the will of God you just got to step right on out and Say, here I am, Lord. But here's what I know it is time for you to work your power. Your power. Because I know there are only things that you can do, God. There are things that only you can do. Brother Noble, we can try, we can be educated, we can save our money, we can make our plans. We can do all those things, but let me promise you this. There are some places right now in your life that God has you that your best laid plans will not work. All the money you saved will not work. All the things you've done, it will not work. He will get all of us to a place to where we have to trust Him for who He is. And trust His power. Do you know why? Because God is very jealous. He is. That's what the Bible says, Brother Pickens. He says, I'm a jealous God. And I'll tell you what God won't do. He ain't going to let anybody stand up in testimony service and say, well, praise the Lord. This all came to pass. The Lord did a little and I did a little. Uh-uh. You know Why? Because he says, I will not share my glory with no man, with no one. And there are some things, mama... There's some things, Daddy. There's some things, Grandma and Grandpa. There's some things going on in your life right now that you're going to be in a place that when you stand and testify, Brother Eli, you will stand and your hands will be lifted and your tears will flow and you will say that Eli had nothing to do with it. But I'll tell you who did it all. It was God and God alone. I'll tell you who saved My family, God and God alone. I'll tell you who healed my body. God and God alone. I'll tell you how our marriage made it. God and God alone. Come on here because he's not in the business of saying, All right, Lord, I'll give you a little bit of credit too. Uh -uh. He says it's either all me or none of me. And I pray tonight we recognize and realize that it, Sister Gwen, it is time for God to work. Can I tell you this week in prayer and fasting, would you make that a part of your prayer? Would you make that a part of what you tell the Lord God? It is time for you to work. It's time for you to work. We bow our heads all over this place, Father. I thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord. You're working your purpose. You're working your promise, and you're working in your power. Nothing compares to you. Nothing comes close. You stand alone. You alone are awesome. You alone are worthy. You alone are Alpha and Omega. Lord, tonight you alone sit upon the right hand of the Father. And tonight, Jesus, I pray, as our hearts are heavy, as some of us are weary in the process and the pain, as sometimes there are many in here you may not understand, we may not understand all that you're doing to accomplish your purpose and to fulfill your promise, but Lord, we will trust your power. And Lord, I want to thank you right now. I want to go ahead and thank you for putting us in positions where we can't take the credit, where we can't take the glory. But Lord, you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. And we will walk through that wilderness. We will walk out of those trials. We will stand and say and lift our voice and declare, That it was only by the hand of God. And so Lord, it's time. It's time for you to work. Lord, we'll get out of your way. We'll quit trying to argue. We'll quit trying to tell you how to do it. We'll quit trying to save our reputation. And leave it all on the line. And say, I'm trusting God in the process. I'm trusting you, Lord. Your purpose, your promise, and your power. So I ask you tonight, church, what is it? What is it? What are you needing God to work in? What are you needing God to do? What do you believe in Him for? What are you trying to grab a hold of? What do you need to step into this next week? And you as well, roll up the proverbial sleeves and say, Lord, here I am. I'm trusting you, your process, your purpose, your promise, and your power. And Lord, we make the declaration, it's time for you to work. And if that's you tonight, if you can identify, if there are some things at tonight, it'd be good for you to start and say, Lord, here it is. I'm giving it. I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. Why don't we come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Why don't we come tonight and say, Lord, we make that declaration. We make the decision. We say tonight, God, it is time for you to work. It is time for you to work in our hearts and in our lives